0: Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, hi there i'm drew all right well i don't know i don't know i don't know about that i don't know about that as an intro
1: so many so many so many damn books anyway
0: yeah anyway yeah
1: i'm carl cashel
0: <laughs> and i'm christopher <laughs> uh i don't know man I have too many books. Do you have this problem?
1: (laughs) Interestingly, (laughs) I do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like uh, the center cannot hold. Um,
1: I realized the other day that my to-read stack, having now included all of the books that my girlfriend has that I want to read... (laughs) Ooh, I like that. I
0: like that your uh, your your stack can grow in that way.
1: Yeah, and it it was a it was a b- uh, now is over 150 on my to read stack, which is just that's absolutely untenable.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, so my uh, New Year's resolution uh, that I'm starting in October. Great, 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 very good. I'm <laughs> I'm starting it now. Is I'm only gonna buy two books a month. All right, that's my that's my thing. I'm into that. Because I, I'm, I'm certainly not buying out of the sheer need of something to read anymore. You yeah. know, that's really what I'm realizing. And so I'm trying to buy less, but...
1: Buy less, read more.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That's a good... I like I like that.
0: I even canceled my Melville House novella subscription. Oh, yeah. Which broke my heart because they're such beautiful things and I love receiving book mail. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, yes. Well,
1: but so... Have so, you bought anything recently before so pre, pre did something precipitate this?
0: Well, I went and um I picked up Hunger uh, Makes Me a Modern Girl by cool. Carrie Brownstein, her memoir, which I'm so excited about for a lot of reasons. I just really kind of wanted to know the move from, you know, the Slater-Kinney and the wild flag of mm-hmm. it all to Portlandia. Yeah. Like, how did that switch come?
1: I'm still very curious. I saw her uh, and the band at the New Yorker Festival a couple of weeks ago, and that was the one thing that they kind of didn't talk. They talked a little bit about Portlandia, but they didn't really talk about how did, how how did, did that, that happen?
0: happen? Yeah. I'm worried that this is going to be like one of those things like in um, Lena Dunham's essay collection mm-hmm. slash memoir thing. Um that uh it's gonna be like that where I don't quite get my question answered. Interesting. Um but we'll see. Yeah. yeah we um will. and I also bought um Eli Horowitz the Pickle Index.
1: Yeah. Which which version
0: did you buy? I bought the um the two like cloth-bound hardcovers in the slipcase. And it's very cool. Um, the idea of this sort of, I guess it's set somewhat in a circus. I'm not actually sure.
1: It's something about a circus and... and, and Con men and... And like a, a dictatorship or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And pickles. Yeah. it's
0: mm. um. And so you read, the way that this book works is you read alternating chapters and it says at the front of one of them, read this book first first chapter and then the other first chapter and then the other book it says read the other (laughs) book first and then this This one
1: one. that's uh.
0: and then there's art that corresponds to each of those chapters and each of those chapters constitutes a day in the story of the book
1: that's see i have an arc of the paperback from fsg originals and it's just it's just a regular paperback and i'm so curious to see how the reading experience is different, or like if they're gonna do, because I think there's an app version too, or some oh, man. I don't know if it's an app version or if it's an app expanded universe kind of thing, right? But, um, I
0: hope it's better than Night Films, yeah. Thing
1: I wanted that to be cool, me too. But I just, how do you, how do you ma- like map which one the reading experience because you can only experience the book once, mm-hmm. so how do you? Figure out which one is the best way for you. And it, know.
0: this is going to be one of those things. Like, does it actually enhance our reading experience to switch one book for another,
1: or is it a gimmick? Is
0: it just like difficult?
1: And, <laughs> and we know gimmicks.
0: We do. We love them. We are we do. We're <laughs> both interested in <laughs> Not, them, don't we? You gave me a look like the real, no, no, we don't. I was <laughs> the
1: real great moment. I would be like. And now a giveaway!
0: Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, we should have done that. Um anyway. Yeah. Uh so that's what I bought.
1: That's a, that's that's all right. That's Respectable. good. Respectable. Those are your two books for the month.
0: Well, yeah. Ish. Yes. Yes. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be hard. I love hanging out in bookstores. I'm just gonna have to hang out in bookstores and not buy anything. Yeah. Because I like going to a bookstore too much. It yeah. puts me in a good mood.
1: Me too. I do it at work sometimes. And I don't buy things. Mm. Mostly because my job doesn't pay me enough. <laughs> um,
0: what did you buy, Drew?
1: I bought finally. This will make a lot of people happy, or at least it'll make you happy. I bought a little life.
0: Oh, by uh, Hanya Yanagihara.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, Pretend Man to Booker thorn? Prize shortlist. Yeah. Uh, but so I I finally got a copy of that. But I'm waiting to read it because it's October and it's it's time for all things creepy and spooky. That's so the true. other book that I bought. Uh, is the new David Mitchell Slade House?
0: Oh yes, which is I heard it's some
1: quite
0: some sort of relation to Bone Clocks in some way.
1: There, uh, one of the things that I just read, there is a tangential reference. It feels like if you took the um, the sort of like mumbo jumbo fantasy stuff from, from Bone Clocks. The, what
0: were the two sides called again? Like the Chrononauts and the Argo. <laughs>
1: the um. <laughs> The archeologists versus the and the, um, they have the really long name about the blah 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 blah, blah of the blind monks of the cathedrals. The Matrix, the yeah. The archeologists anyway. versus the Matrix. Continue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you, it's like if you just rent in a tangent from that. Mm, okay. Uh, but also, purposefully being like a haunted house in the vein of Henry James's *Turn of the Screw*, Shirley Jackson's *Haunting of Hill House*. Like, it is a haunted house novel. Mm -hmm. And it it is a beautiful, the cover is, it's just cloth-bound. It's sort of squat. The -hmm. cover has this, like, die-cut image. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, it looks sort of like an M.C. Escher thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, So, I guess this is a reading comprehension question. comprehension <laughs> reading comprehension reading comprehension and that means to me uh you know you're reading things for october you're reading sp- you like the spooky things i do i do it every year actually do I- you seek out like do you seek out scary books do you like to be scared while you read
1: i do um in the same way that that i i like sometimes to be scared by movies or that sometimes I seek out a book that it's going to make me laugh. It it pushes a different set of buttons for me, I think. I uh-huh. mean, I also, I spend my year planning like a reading list for the month of October and I drop whatever else I'm doing and I read spooky or scary or... Um, Gothic spooky, or scary. Uh, spooky, scary. Once becoming men, men becoming wolf Werewolf for mitzvah. But yeah, so I, and I look forward to that, and I sort of like amp myself up about it. Do
0: you have a? I don't know. I don't mean to put you on the spot, um, but do you have like a favorite scary read that you had? It's hard. People have been asking me recently for scary book recommendations, which is nice of people to come to me for bec- book recommendations because they know how I love it. Uh, but I I am at a loss when that happens uh, because I don't really seek out scary books.
1: Do you not? If one comes your way, do you read it or it de- do you try to avoid it? It
0: depends. You know, sometimes I sometimes I'll like drop it and try it, um, but. Usually I just I I don't even really like going to go see a scary movie that much. And that's only like a hundred minutes. Mm-hmm. The idea of reading a whole book and staying in that world for more than that time is really like frightening to me in a way that I don't I don't wanna have that feeling of, of a difficulty going to bed and <laughs> and yeah, you know, my imagination is overactive. Uh, you know, like sometimes I dream that this podcast becomes incredibly <laughs> successful and that's too easy for me to believe happening, you know, so uh, goblins and ghouls.
1: I, yeah, I buy that. I think on the flip side for me is that um, the ability to step out of it f- whenever I want mm-hmm. is, I like that almost more than going to see a scary movie or watching a scary movie because... You know, you are sitting there, and you have to sit there for 100 minutes, and you're gonna go through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm think two of my like immediate go to you want to read something that is gonna scare you to death. Uh, It's The Shining Uh by Stephen King, which is still I think maybe the scariest book I've ever read. But a close second is The Other by Thomas Tryon. Okay, Uh, T
0: R Y O N. Yep,
1: out Um, from uh, New York Review Books. Oh, beautiful! Like they do cool stuff. Green spine and both of them it just like it you want to read them in a single sitting because you feel it start building up and it is that thing of like i can't i can't go to bed right now i'm going to i'm going to creep myself out so you just plow through the end of this book okay um and then uh, there's something fun about the like whew, we made it we made it everybody <laughs>
0: yeah whew. from this fake book world i guess there is i i can see the um the appeal of something that can make you feel that much and get you lost in the imagery um, and and cause that sort of fight or flight reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like if I started reading horror books, I would just end up with a full freezer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yikes.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. So I don't really seek them out. I've got a couple scary books that I own that someday I might read but we'll yeah. see.
1: The other thing is, it, it takes a lot of work to write a scary book, I think. Mm. In a way that, like, you are you just, like, a movie can scare you because you see it, mm-hmm. but a book, you know, you're requiring two minds. The, the author has to do it, and then the reader's got to do it, too. Right. But anyway.
0: The reader's got to do it. This is the real question. Yeah. It yeah. What will, what will the readers put up with? will they put up with a 950-page book that is more lauded for how much it costs the publisher, it seems, (laughs) than anything about what goes on inside uh, the pages. Yeah. Um, We are talking about, now we're switching gears. This is a switching gears sentence I was trying to construct.
1: I just assumed there would be a musical cue. (laughs) Um,
0: We're talking about City on Fire by Garth Risk Hallberg. And also, um, I think it's worthwhile to talk about something we both read and we have stuck away from talking. Yeah. Because
1: uh, the latest Jonathan Franzen Purity, uh, which
0: uh-huh. And so we we sort of stick away a little bit from from bad mathing books. Um that we you know we it's just more fun to talk about books we enjoyed.
1: Yeah. And I mean the thing I will say is that neither of these books inspired in me the throw it against the wall anger or just unbearable like uh-huh. that i have certainly felt, felt. in the past yeah. right
0: so you you
1: but I, yes i did not really enjoy either of these books
0: right and i um, will be on record saying i really enjoyed both um, to a degree that i really wasn't expecting for purity and sort of with a sigh of relief <laughs> of sitting on fire
1: yeah listen the folks at the publisher the folks at knopf, the folks at knopf are are capturing every one of those sighs of relief, uh-huh. and and wiping their brows with them.
0: <laughs> I don't.
1: I a, don't know if they were that nervous. That's
0: a, that's a mixed metaphor, my friend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the city on fire. What it promises when you op- when you open it up, or what what Halberg I think s- sort of says is that you're gonna follow these nine lives, mm-hmm. um, and you're going to see the lead up to what is a transformative night for all of them which is the blackout of 1977 yeah but that's only the last you know 100 or so maybe yeah it's only the last section of the book really um everything else the other 800 pages is spent with them all around these moments that that shape them and send them on their paths towards whatever it is whether it's salvation or damnation yeah yeah, and I just very much, you know, I cared about all of these nine characters a lot. Um, and what was what I was not expecting was at the center of this book is this sort of um, attempted murder re- investigation where you're following someone who gets shot in Central Park on New Year's Eve. And it happened so much before the blackout that I didn't realize that I was going to be so invested in this, what is essentially very much like a murder yeah, M- murder like a detective mystery
1: somebody one one of the reviews said something along the lines of the the core of this feels like a 400 page murder mystery that hallberg has just like also done a ton of research mm-hmm. and he builds these care and like so he wanted to put all of that in i don't know that that's entirely true because i don't
0: well i would also i would also contest the idea of research for this book um and not that he didn't do any because i think he did but i really this book really felt like it was written with the characters in mind more than you know they were walking by the 1972 uh, theater that you didn't know closed and you know he w- he's right. not doing he's not really up to historical fiction and doesn't ever read to me like i'm reading an historical fiction novel even though that's what ostensibly it is
1: well yeah th- i mean there are moments where i found like um two main characters william and mercer uh live in hell's kitchen mm-hmm. and i couldn't stop thinking about what hell's kitchen looks like today
0: yeah which is not which is
1: not at all mm-hmm. what hell's kitchen looked like um
0: and I did that I did that fun thing after reading this book cuz I actually waited until afterwards of just clicking through photo series of 1970s New York. Yeah. And just looking at this what is now nothing like that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's incredible. It's yeah. mind-boggling what the city looked like in the 70s. Um and you know plenty of authors have been and continue to be attracted to this. I mean Jonathan Lethem and um Fortress of Solitude, mm-hmm. you know, we get to see it there. And even in it a nonfiction like, sense, like Patti it, Smith's book, it,
0: it, it makes this convincing portrait. I think that the, the book is really 900 pages because there's so many little coincidences of how these characters have to meet. Mm-hmm. And he's like sort of um, justifying those coincidences with how much life he's saying he knows about. Before yeah. it reached those points, and so it really made those coincidences of when their paths met, instead of feeling like uh, gods in the machine, it felt much more like, "Wow, like I, I, I was not expecting to see them meet at this point." Right. But this is coming from my perspective of someone who really loved reading it. Well, you know, I know that you didn't quite enjoy it on that same level. What's up? What happened? Well,
1: it was interesting because I started it, and the one, the one thing that I will say is absolutely amazing about the book is the way that he captures New York. Mm -hmm. New York is like the, the 10th character in this book and (laughs) reading it this summer, I was thinking like, I was thinking about having moved to New York and when I moved to New York and moving in the late summer and that sense of summers in New York can be absolutely wonderful. Like the heat starts to get in, the tourists aren't here. It like it's muggy and kind of bad, but also everyone like there's just this crackle of energy, mm-hmm. and then it also it gets really, really, really hot, and it goes on for like three weeks too long, which is kind of how I felt about the book. It got to a certain point, and I, it's not that I was concerned about how things were going to come together. I felt like there were just too many things, not. Like I was keeping track of everything. It wasn't a sense of feeling over overstimulated. I just was sort of thinking like, wow, did, did this, it didn't, those things didn't matter to me.
0: Is it just, uh, is it also just one, like you sort of called like one coincidence too many is now going to happen. Like, the, like the, you could sort of see that, okay, I felt that uh, during that's going to happen. That's going to cross paths.
1: Sort of scooting around the edge of spoilers. The, the moment in the book where it went from me thinking, okay, I didn't love this, but like it was good mm-hmm. to suddenly getting deeply concerned is one subplot of the whole thing that comes to fruition during the blackout. Cause the blackout is sort of, it, it is the culmination of the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this one subplot that I was just like, really? Mm-hmm. That's, it, I, it just, it, felt so off it felt modern okay uh and then i also i hated the end the the actual like final epilogue sort of thing oh yeah it just it felt so clear i reacted to it the way that a lot of people reacted to the epilogue of deathly hallows
0: okay yeah which i, I personally loved <laughs> oh that's funny yeah i don't know um i think that i was i was just along for the ride in a way that just some of the best fiction can do where I was just swimming along and wanted to know more of what he was doing. And uh, on every page, there was a turn of phrase or a sentence that was so... A like,
1: guy r- knows how to craft a sentence. Yeah. Sometimes like a little too much where you're like, this, this is too much.
0: Yeah. There's a couple times too where he, he used a word that's like, that's exactly right, but also... <laughs> but also, geez. Yeah. I, I only know it's exactly right because I had to look it up in a dictionary.
1: There's another thing, and I hate to admit this, but it is real and it ties into how I felt about purity. Uh-huh. There is that sense sometimes when the the machine, the like publicity machine, the 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 book world scene builds up so much to this fever pitch. And it's I am somebody who, for whatever reason, I am inclined to be like, really? R- is, it, is
0: it that good? Is it worth two million dollars? Um and and there is that about it. There is that question. I, I kind of I come at it from the perspective of what does two million dollars look like on the page? Because regardless of whether or not yeah. we think it was worth it, what a book is worth is what people pay for. Yep. Um And what I think is really interesting, too is like all of this idea of like, will it end up on the bestseller list? Will it earn its money back? It's really moot. Like, they didn't think that they were buying a bestseller necessarily. What they thought they were buying was a classic.
1: That's such an interesting idea. And I,
0: because I think it's got a long life. It's got, you know, it's right. a 1970s New York book. It's going to be pointed to forever as, like, oh, if you want a punk novel, go check out that one. If right. you want, if you want like a really long, like a lot of interesting characters. And actually, I did feel like some of his sections read a lot like Franzen he really has a similar way of getting into their really deep moral um, efforts and energies that yeah. define them. And looking at, like, when you make a decision that changes your life, what's, what is causing that decision to, why, why are you choosing that route?
1: There's something about, with the both of them, with Holberg and and where they when they do that, and you're like, you didn't need to spend that much time. And some readers didn't want you to, but also the characters and like the life of the novel is richer for it. Even if at the end of it, you're like, man, could have trimmed like 200 pages of that character development, just put it in with the other stuff, and then we'd still be fine. Mm -hmm. But like, it shows a writerly investment that I think is really nice.
0: What I think is really strange when I look at these two novels next to each other is when I look at Purity... You know, I I see a book that's about truth and secrets, mm-hmm. and this and how the secrets that you keep from to yourself can be the things that are actually the most truthful about you. This book, I don't, I have no idea. You know, I don't, I don't have like a way to sort of sum it up in a theme because he's up to a lot. He's sort of looking at what's the truth in music, and
1: I mean, he's trying to do life. Is yeah. it's, and and to capture life in a novel is a very tall order i don't i frankly i don't think that anybody is capable of it dickens came close but
0: i think it's really interesting that he had someone in the novel want to be capturing life in Mm -hmm. a novel but being so crippled by that notion that he never could really set his words to the page yeah
1: without making it like the cliched thing of like here's a novel about life and there's a writer in it who's trying to write a novel about life and
0: then at the very end an epilogue and then you know like it just turns out that you read this yeah that character's novel um writers if you're listening to this don't do that don't do it um but but yeah i guess i guess there was also this idea of that it, it it did read modern to me i did i was sort of into that um that i didn't have to I don't know. I've, I felt like he, he evoked that world so well, but at the same time, it didn't make me feel like it was labored. Hmm.
1: Yeah. It never felt labored to me either. I will say that it just felt there's, I, for me, there's a difference between labored and overstuffed.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I think that you can point to that for friends and a lot too, um, where purity is about a girl named Pip who, uh, is trying to make ends meet
1: yeah she's a you know average quote unquote millennial 20 something
0: and she decides to go looking for her father and ends up embroiled in a sort of snowden-esque um surveillance uh you know enclave in south america yeah and uh it's somewhat about that snowden-esque character and it's also about her mother and her father and So the winding paths that they've led.
1: What we were saying earlier about like one too many coincidences Mm -hmm. is how I felt about purity pretty much from about a third of the way in. I was like, oh, okay, I see how all of this is gonna play out. And it was just like it was too neat. It was too nice. Mm -hmm. Like it it felt like there was nobody else in the world. Don't you feel like
0: there I, I don't know. I as as I get old on in this life and maybe this is just the life that I'm leading is I just I find myself caught in coincidences constantly.
1: Sure. Okay. Oh, and yeah. so
0: I don't mind coincidences in fiction because like I think a lot of fiction is justifying coincidences and explaining how those happen.
1: Well but the thing about real life Because is a climax
0: is a coincidence.
1: Sure. The thing about real like when people say truth is stranger than fiction it's because there isn't a narrative hand involved. Like th- the real world is coincidences are crazy that they happen. Cause like it is just chance. It is mm. cosmic craziness. Whereas in a novel, to my mind, the, the author's responsibility is to make it to either go so far as to be like, check out how much of an author I am that I have met. Ma- I am God of this novel or to make it feel um, like just a little smoother. Mm-hmm. And at Franzen's, it felt like, look, I am God. I have put this all on the... I have done this.
0: Mm-hmm. And But it, but when he's trying to evoke real life with being God, that doesn't work for you. Yeah. I, the f- it felt too much like he's still moving his chess pieces. The
1: best part of the book for me was the first... So each... Section Uh is sort of from a different character's point of view in a very Franzen-y way. Mm -hmm. Um, The opening section, which is from Pip's point of view, was my favorite part. I mean, there's there are. I have issues with the way that Franzan writes women. Right. Well, his sexual politics
0: is a little are a little strange.
1: Yeah. But But yeah, he man. You know, he managed to, despite the fact that there was a lot of like. Here I am, middle-aged white guy, trying to figure out the kids. But he like kind of pulled it off in that opening chapter, uh-huh. uh, or section, or whatever. And it was funny; it was light. I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, look at this. We're gonna. Have- yeah, he
0: is a lot. He has had a lighter hand in this one than he was in Freedom, where it really felt yeah. like, you know, population control. You know, he just he's always he always is hitting his notes pretty hard. But this one definitely felt like someone more more excited to use his tools rather than felt like he was driven by yeah some maker
1: but this that that latter thing still felt like it was manifesting for me in uh andreas wolf who's the guy who runs this this snow he's the sort of snowdeny julian assange character his <laughs> those chapters i was like man there was it was it was too much some of it i like i was like why why am i reading this i don't and that happened several times where instead of it... Because Hallberg does this well. Instead of the backstory where you're like, man, I didn't need to read that, but shit, it was like 200 great pages of backstory on this person. Right. This, I was like, you could have cut 85% of that chapter and the narrative would be... The rest of the book would sail on and you wouldn't notice.
0: There's a bit in the Anders chapters, and maybe this is why I started really loving it, That started that I really felt like... And this is this is something that I levy a lot of authors, um, but I really felt like I might have been reading someone who had just read uh, some Patricia Highsmith, Mister um, to Tom, Tom yeah. Ripley novels, because there there's a bit of he's he's sort of amoral, and there's this moment that pops up in his life that he does an amoral act, and you know it's just it's just interesting to see that that that, that background because it, it i think that's the background that you're talking about is the exploration of how that happened
1: well yeah and that the amoral act is interesting and it it is
0: it's some of the best parts of the book i absolutely. think is like those those pages when that's actually but happening it's
1: like everything that leads up to that is it had to it had to drew i don't think it did you he you could have dispatch like there are little parts of that that you could have, if you, you sort th- of—it should have been it. more fleet. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, I mean,
0: I never felt like that. I never felt like it was going over long.
1: The, uh, I guess the other thing is that, at the end of the day, the problem that I have the most with f- friends, and I think some of this is absolutely a result of being in, you know, the 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 book echo chamber and the echo chamber. But I, I I'm getting to a point in my life as I get older where I can't dissociate somebody's personal politics or or whatever okay. from you know, and the fact that like the fact that Anders has just this like magic dick <laughs> in that way that that stereotypical like men and just women throw themselves at uh, like he I just kind of and you know he tries to have it both ways later oh, no. in the book with r- a character sort of rebuffing him
0: I really feel like um he made that pretty real to me I don't know
1: I it just it felt so much like a cliche in the way that
0: but he's he's I don't know he's subverting that cliche because there's there's he's saying that it's not that these women are throwing themselves at him it's that he's doing something terrible he's he's preying on them in a way that is he? He tries to say like, well, they're all this age, and they all weren't counting on me for this, well, and that's yeah. why it was okay. And so you feel. Uh, I don't think. I think that the fact that he lets you decide to hate him in the in that is is something that was kind of interesting. It makes it harder to read, and it makes it definitely like, oh, I'm gonna have a hundred more pages with this awful character.
1: I think the thing though is that Franzen likes him too much. Hmm. That's the thing is that it, like, if you're gonna make a character an awful character, and you're gonna be like give me the challenge of reading another hundred pages of it, like this awful character, but I'm going to be compelled to read about them. Whereas Franzen, I think likes him too much and doesn't go all the way that tries to,
0: I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, but mostly because after just reading the Hallberg, I felt like I was reading like everyone is a pure sense of themselves where they're, they're, you know, Pulaski is a, you know, died in the wool cop right. and and uh, oh, two Keith, weeks from retirement. Yeah, yeah. And Keith uh, you know, he just <laughs> wants to prove about like his infidelity that right. he's a good man. Like it's there's definitely like a, a central purpose to these characters. And I would say that there's a the central purpose to Franzen, but they get muddied in this way that I feel like it's it, it's really hard to explain explain that um succinctly and he doesn't even try. He tries to paint it.
1: Yeah, I I like the thing that you're saying. I just don't think the and actually does it is the thing. Hmm. Well and I, I I think that yeah,
0: we very rarely air our, our disagreements. I know,
1: um, but man, I, you should have heard how Christopher went at me <laughs> when I said a bad thing about David Foster Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, not
0: just the man; it was the wh- your review. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well. Um,
0: I mean, I don't know why you were trying to get me all mad now. Just (laughs) reminding me about that. Um, Maybe we should, maybe we should take a break.
1: One other thing I'll say about the Franzin book, he's written the same voice, same novel, but like we are far enough down the line now that it looks. Like he hasn't changed, he hasn't done anything to change up his act.
0: I just, I just don't see that. I see that he's still writing of the moment, and he's, and he. I think he has a line and a viewpoint on the internet that is really important to think about.
1: Wait a minute! Oh man,
0: really? Yes.
1: Ah, oh God, I can't stand him talking about the internet.
0: I don't think I can't stand him talking outside of the book about the internet. But the way that that the, he he, the way he, he depicts- talks about
1: privacy, I think, and th- like. Which doesn't quite feel like the internet. It feels more like the general. I
0: I think that we I think that we are understandably, as a people, uh, or as people who are online. We are quick to be scared and to yeah. to distance ourselves from uh, an opinion that denigrates the internet because we spend so much time not just, not just of our free time. But our work time and like, there's so Absolutely. much of our lives that are are now spent online. That's really really hard to take a step back and see what it might look like for it to be criticized.
1: There's something about it that feels like get off my lawn, kids and their damn rap music. Like it, there's an angry old man thing about it that it doesn't feel like he's critiquing the internet. It feels like he doesn't understand it, and I think it, it's a it's a hair split of a difference, but I think it's a crucial one.
0: I think that's, I think that's crucial, but I would disagree. I think that he, I think he's got a finger on, on something that makes us uncomfortable. And that's why, and that's why we want, want it to not be true. But that, I think that that can exist the way that he thinks of the internet can exist side by side with an idea that it's useful and it's a good thing. And because it can, it can be both and having that mirror and showing, not just like the things that you like about your, 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 face but also the the pimples and the hairs like Mm. you know like and saying like there is a difficulty here there's i think that's right on the page you know but i think that these are two books that even though you might have not enjoyed them completely i think they are well worth people's time and they they both are up to something very interesting and so i think that uh yeah
1: yeah, I think Hallberg especially. Franzen, I don't know, I might I I say this now. I might be done with Franzen. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens when the next book comes out. We'll and see. I think that there are there are plenty of people who are all similarly minded. Whereas Hallberg, even not having loved this novel, I can't wait to see what this guy does because he's just like brimming with talent. Right. Two million dollars brimming.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> think that that's enough to move into uh recommendations what do you think oh yeah um
1: what i recommend what are you recommending this week this well, episode. i'm
0: gonna that's i'm gonna tough. diverge from our usual things of um of books to recommend i'm gonna recommend something else i'm gonna recommend two things one what? Is, <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh i'm gonna recommend two things one of them is uh miranda july's um profile of rihanna that came out in the in t magazine very strange but i think it's one of these things that you know were it not for the internet and life and the way things are currently we would not have had this very strange um sit down with miranda july and of a piece with that also chuck klosterman's uh, review or th- of his profile his lunch with taylor, taylor swift. swift these are two very interesting very different yeah. um approaches to this and you know reading life isn't just books uh despite what drew and i want you to believe <laughs> um and i really have gone back to these and looked at them because i think not only are they are they interesting reads but they're uh, formally interesting and they are doing. Uh, they're pointing out some truths about fame and our fame-obsessed culture.
1: The Klosterman profile is one of the best profiles I've read in a very long time. Yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, those are my recommendations. Not book, not books at all.
1: Nice. Yeah, Drew. Um, I'm gonna give uh, a book and a non-book. Okay. Uh, the oh. book. Have I inspired you? A little bit. Okay. The book is uh, Anthony Mara's The Czar of Love and Techno. Oh, yeah. Um, you and I, Christopher, both really like The Constellation of Vital Phenomena. Yes. Um, Czar of Love and Techno is his follow-up. It is working kind of in the same vein. It's, it takes place in the Balkans. Um, it uh, It's lighter uh-huh. Than constellation, even though I mean it, it, ends up dealing with a lot of the same themes. But like it, it feels more nimble. It's a little more fun. It's linked stories um, involving a painting and sort of following this painting from um, the 1900s to the present. Cool.
0: I love when they. And the, I the, love the stuff people like who that. interact with yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Um, and it's just it's fun. He's mm-hmm. such a wonderful writer, and it's just like it makes you feel good. Even Mm -hmm. the parts that are sad, they make you feel good. Um, And then my non-recommendation... Your non-recommendation? My non-book recommendation... (laughs) Don't check this out. (laughs) uh, ...is a film, a spooky film, but it's the sort of film that can only, I think, work on film. The way that... Because you see a lot of spooky films, or just films in general, that you're like, oh, I could see how you could write that and do that as a book. Uh this film is called It's you a great indie film called Coherence. It uh it's a dinner party and there's a comet that is passing over the earth uh during this dinner party and all well, the power goes out. They sort of go outside to see if anybody else still has power. They see one house a little ways away and two of the guys decide to go down to that house and like check in and see if they have phones or internet or anything cuz like all their cell phones are dead and stuff. These guys go down to the house, come back to the dinner party, and are like, it was our house. It was this house with different versions of us. Like, we saw ourselves. And it sort of turns into this very tense, um, psychological, but with like a little bit of a speculative fiction twist of like, who are these people? What the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. It shot super low budget. Mm -hmm. Semi improvised. Nicholas Brendon of Buffy fame is in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Has some of just the best twists, Mm -hmm. Um, and like it is one of the smartest things I've seen in a very long time. Cool. And also, it's uh, it's kind of spooky because imagine.
0: Because so go see Convergence.
1: Yeah. Coherence.
0: Right. That's That's uh, books. Also read books. Yeah. Always. Read more books go please check us out on uh, so many damn books we love when you write reviews um, on our on our podcast iTunes. page on our iTunes it really helps us out the most more than anything is ratings on that and uh, and we really also like it when you send us emails or tweet tweets a, Tweet at us uh, all of it so many damn books at gmail so many damn books on twitter so many damn books on instagram
1: facebook
0: all the things website. Uh, we really no, we, don't, like. we don't
1: have a Pinterest. <laughs>
0: I don't. I'm not going to do I that.
1: Okay. I mean, I'm not either. I was just saying.
0: <laughs> Who wants to set up our
1: Pinterest? <laughs> hey intern.
0: <laughs> yeah. Something burning. <laughs> <laughs> Was curious about you know Charlie and whether or not he would. What do you? You've got that a look so on creepy. your face. Wait,
1: did you? This is not for the thing. I'm sorry. Did you see how the mask was moving? I think because of the wind.